Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I have the man himself. You know, you know what's funny about you is I actually have, besides your new business, which I 100% know what that is, I actually know nothing about you. You're like yeah. an enigma. You, you know, you're kind of like you went to the witness protection program and then this energetic, happy yeah. person. You know, look, before we even say about names, you know when you spend time with Ryan Sprague, like you just can't help but smile. Right. There's a couple of people in my life. Like I just spent time with one of them, a mentor of mine in Pittsburgh. Like he's just happy. And he's, that's how I feel around you. You oh. make me like smile. And you're like, and so we got Mike the Swartz in the house. How you doing, my brother? Oh, my dude. What a what a kind thing to say right off the hop, man. I, I told you I wasn't that kind of girl, dude. <laughs> I was like, hey, listen, I know you say that to all the girls. I know you say that to all the girls out there. My man, I'm doing great. I'm at the lake house here uh, in Lifted HQ. And Ozzy, I got to say the same thing, man. I'm going to reflect that right back. Thank you for seeing in me what you bring to the world because very, very similarly, man. I'm like, dude, you're always smiling. You've got great energy. And I think that is a characteristic of most of the coaches in this community. Anyway, we're all just vibing high. Well, it's interesting, right? Because it's funny you brought up business before we started, you know, like, I like the business aspect. It's interesting, right? Like I, I in my, in my late twenties, I worked in the music business and I was a road manager for a country band. I played in every bar, I've been in front of yeah. 10,000 people. Like I, it was my dream. Right. And I did yeah. it. And we, we played in Chicago. We played all over. We played, it was a good time. <laughs> Let's just say it was a good time. Yeah. And a lot of artists, their egos are just so big with their art, right? Like, I'm not going to sing that song. I'm not going to play that place. And, and like, I, I say all that to say that, like, I'm all about art. I think that this word that we're speaking right now, that's poetry. And, and I have my own way about it. I'm not a great writer, but I'm, I'm great at speaking and I'm in a room. Right. Mm. But I also think that a lot of where I see people mistake problems, especially when they're getting started in a business is they're too beholden to their ego of, of, of saying, I got a better idea. How about you create a business that actually works first? And then, and then you can give back from that point of view, not the other way around. And then you get what I'm saying? Like, it's like hundred percent. I spent 20 years on the road, dude. I'm, I'm a musician. You asked me, uh, what, what the fuck is this guy yet, dude? I'm a, I am a professional fire starter. I have run everything from music to a professional athletic career to everything in between and at the same time, which is the coolest part about it. And I'm a big fan of the word pivot. And uh, I have a mug. I know this caught your attention too with the uh, back when we were first getting connected. Uh, what would Taylor Swift do? And you being the dude that you are being road manager, you can appreciate this because what would Taylor Swift do? She was she was the one that really turned the country music and the 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 360 um, package record label deal on its head because of the way that she's like, no, I'm not doing that. No, 
I know that's what every girl does. And now I'm not that. And she was doing that at like 15, 16 years old, man. Like she mm-hmm. was a gangster. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. And that's I've, I take that approach to everything I do. I take the approach to be like, okay, cool. I love knowing the rules of something such as like your example with the, the road, you know, the typical thing with the, especially in the country scene, man, like I, I'm from Calgary, Alberta. That's the farm team to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and going as a session drummer, that could play. I, I got chops on the drums and that's not good enough. You got to be able to sing three part harmonies. You got to be able to do all the things and you got to be a cool personality to get yourself in the damn room. So you have to have all these fixings. And what I learned is that in order to get into the game, you got to know the rules so you can bend them. <laughs> all right. So especially in the country and Western scene, man, like there's so much like ancient, ancient, tradition like oh a country singer doesn't do that well fuck that says t swizzy she's like no i do and and then you look at oh the tour schedule and the covers that they want to sing and the the songs that really mean something well guess what news break here guys if you're a musician it's a lot more about the people you're singing to not you it's not the mic show it's about those people out there if they want to hear it you better play it you're the entertainer. Well, this this I used to live in Nashville recently, or briefly, right? And what's interesting is like the session players that played on records were thirty times better oh, than yeah. the road musicians. Oh, but the road musician looked good. Yeah, he was charismatic. The yep. ladies are excited. Dude. There's two different games, guys. And if you think you're not playing them, that's where you're messing up. Oh, homie, homie. I was, you got to be the cool guy. Like I come back to that because you got to be chill. You got to be able to be the dude that can go have a coffee with anybody because you're on the road, man. I'm telling you, that was some of the most grueling. I was training for the friggin' Pyeongchang Olympics and it was harder sometimes on tour for 10 days with the same band in a van than that training camp was, man. It, because you're in a close quarter situation with a lot of people with a lot of different energy and a whole fuck ton of ego. And when you mix those things, you get an elixir of what can be very, very challenging times. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're on the road, you, it, it's hard to find the space that you need for yourself. And that's where we come into like our coaching practices, where it's really, really about getting back down to center and getting back inside, working in rather than working out at times mm-hmm. where you can have that solitude and, and safety from within. I love it. So here's a metaphor for life. I have a good friend. He just played Red Rocks. He's pretty famous now. But I remember back in the day when I got started, I saw him play in front of one people, one person like 10 times. Yeah. And he was really frustrated, like two years into his business. Like, and I said, Hey man, I need you to understand something. This is a metaphor for life in general. Mm. I said, are you a songwriter or are you a one hit wonder? And he was like, what the fuck does that mean? And I was like, okay, so you could flip your hat around backwards and you could sing the bro country or you could tell a fucking story. And I said, when you tell a story, it's going to take you 10 years longer to get an audience. But they're never going to leave you. And he's got the most rabid fans you've ever seen in your entire life. He plays in front of 15, 30,000 people and they show up every time they buy every record and he's never been more popular. And yes, it did take longer. And some of those guys that got more fame in the beginning, they're already out of the business doing something yeah. different. Dude, it's the long game. The best deals are the ones on a handshake and that go long. 
into both sides winning. And that, that goes just the same in the music industry, man. Like I, I run music fit records, which is a, is an entire independent label. And we focus specifically on bringing coaches into the mix. I, I literally create rock stars, brother. Uh, we know one of the, the mystical giants mm-hmm, himself, mm-hmm. Mr. Chase Socrates, right? And it's, it's about going deep with message, right? Just like you and your friend had that opportunity to kind of shine some light in that because a lot of people just want that quick fix. And that's, that's just the same in any other kind of line of work, man. I saw it in this, uh, in sports, you know, people were taking all kinds of performance enhancing drugs and they get busted, but they wanted to win. What, what do you like? What's the difference between that short-term gain and an actual, like there's some people that get a job. There's hell, even some people that really find a career. How many of us are actually living our calling though? Not many, not many. And, and I laugh and it's just so so many similarities, you know, you remember Randy Johnson? Absolutely. Like the baseball pitcher, like the fastball, the the mullet, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like the, the, the fucking, you know what he does for a living now? You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even believe what he does for a living now. He's a top notch photographer. No. And he, and he's a photographer for the NFL games. No, yeah, I swear to God. So Sean, That's so Sean weird. Casey is my yeah. buddy, ex ex baseball yeah. player. I was at as house all weekend. I told him that, and he goes, "Oh yeah." He goes, "When I met Randy when he was a rookie, Randy was a way better photographer than he was pitcher. It was his passion, but he knew baseball was going to allow him the freedom to go live his passion the rest of his life." Oh, brilliant. See, that's good business right there. Is it understanding? I know a similar story in the athletic world is GSP, George St. Pierre. Hated fighting. Hated. Still hates. And uh, good old Canadian kid knew that that was a route in to be able to pursue whatever else he wanted. Plus, it was also a way to get, um, you know, out of his uh, childhood story of always getting picked on. Like, that was his thing, you know, like he, he came across some guy. I guess after a fight, there's a legend has it like one of his biggest bullies all throughout high school found him after a fight. It was a like, dude, you kicked, you kicked that guy's ass and I kicked your ass back in the day. I'm not going to touch you now, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love it. Well, yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Well, there's a, there's this life metaphor I thought of yesterday that you know, waiting for a perfect time to share it. So uh, when I got uh, divorced, when I got separated from my wife and I was traveling the country and I've been traveling the country for the last two years, I, I, I love Chase. Uh, I'm going to eventually launch a book called Chasing Sunsets and Sunrises, right? And mm-hmm. it's my favorite time of day. Like whenever, it's a quieter time of day, right? You know, it's, it's Arizona has amazing sunrises. I used to ride my bike in the morning. And, and what people don't understand is you need two things that on the surface, people wouldn't believe they're actually the thing. Okay. One myth I'll bust for you right now. The sunrise is not best when it actually sunrises. Boom. Okay. The second myth I'll I'll break is that you actually need clouds, not a clear sky, to provide context for a beautiful sunrise. Okay, so hear hear me out. 30 minutes before, so not the actual sunrise, and clouds, cloudiness, okay? So what does that say about life? It's not when it's all clear and blue and right at the right moment. It's all the stuff in between. My dude, I've got... uh, That's so funny you say that too, because I've got the... I've got a uh, an EP sitting I'm I'm working on, which is a a concept EP concept album of uh, daily events that are are metaphorical in all of our mm-hmm. lives. We all see the we all see the full moon, 
we all see the sunrise, we all see the sunset and everything in between, uh, the river that is flow. And when we take the approach, I, I wrote a similar track about sunsetting is that if we we're often, you know, if we take ourselves as the sun, we're often heralded as this big, great ball of fire, awesome thing up in the midday. And then nobody like sometimes we're even too hot. Look out. Cause like how many times you've been like, Oh man, it's so hot out here. I'm like, you were complaining for fucking three weeks about how cold it is. Now we got a sun up in the middle and now it's too hot. Welcome mm-hmm. to Canada. That's what we do. We complain mm-hmm. about that shit. Okay. And then as the sun goes down, we forget about all of the beauty as she's going down, you know, because that's whatever, you know, we we're only really heralded when we're, we're up in the sky, when we're all the big top of the top. Never mind on the fall down. Who's there to catch you, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I really love the sunset as well, is because it's a time to catch that beauty as she's going down, right? Mm-hmm. Catch, catch, catch. Give yourself that acknowledgement at all parts of your life, you know, on the highs and the lows, right? And I, I just love. Thanks for sharing that, man. Because I, I, that's a good in. That's a well, my fiance, my fiance. My fiance taught me that rain is great. Oh yeah, dude. Okay. No, but no, but I'm being dead serious. Like I hated rain. Like I, I, I was only in a good mood when the sun was out and the weather was perfect and we got together and she's like, you know, rain's great too. And I was like, wow. Like what an amazing, you know, thought that like I'm sitting here, you know? And so now I'm like, Oh, it's rain. It's, It's great outside. My man, have you ever been in a uh, a sweat lodge? Like a, a it's, no. it's tradition of of Cree and and Blackfoot and Ojibwa to do a sweat. I went to my first Cree sweat this past summer. I was invited out after uh, a weekend of debauchery in uh, in Banff. More so for the rest of the band. Um, I, I I'm not. I'm like the straight edge of the band. I'm I, I feel like I'm dad half the time. Anyway. I get back to this like total paradoxical, like, okay, we go from rock and roll over here to like the Cree sweat. It was great. And we got in there and it's four rounds of sweating your balls off. Most intense with some breath and a lot of like deep story work. And on one of these particular rounds, it's, it's particularly hard. It's called the sharing uh, round where we go left to right. Everybody in the room has an opportunity to share and they have keepers in, in a sweat elders, that are on the north gate, the east gate, the south gate, and the west gate. And the south, um, the south keeper said before we started, this round is particularly hard. And I want you all to know that in my very first sweat, one of the elders told us that it's okay to cry. The earth is too dry anyway. We need more tears. And that moment for me was like a permission to be okay with being okay and be being in a, a community yeah. where we're here to support. Right. Yeah. yeah. So talk to me about, yeah. Rain is yeah, a very well, good thing. It's, it's really interesting because my, my business partner just sent me a text Chase and I's business partner. And we've had an interesting year where a lot of stuff was projected to go great. And then the bottom fell out for multiple different things. And now we're back up again. And he said, I want you to go back and I want you to read. Okay, so there's a problem. I don't want to dig into the weeds, but the businesses that we're buying, there's a problem in the industry 
that is hampering all the businesses from growing, mm-hmm. right? Like there's a problem in this certain home service place where the, the businesses aren't growing. And we keep hearing the same thing all weekend. And I'm like, yeah, but this is my specialty. Like people is my shit. Like I can solve the people problem. And he said, go back and read the first sentence of our mission statement that we wrote in the end of February. And as I went back and read it, and it was, we are a people first vision. And he goes through all the shit. He goes through all the shit. He goes, we literally landed in the exact industry with the exact businesses that we were said we were going to provide nine months, almost 10 months later. And it took many winding paths and many, you know, things that we thought were the thing didn't work out, slide back, that thought it in. And, mm-hmm. and I'm saying all that to say that like the business that we found with the owner that we're buying from, some people look three years to find wow. something like this. Yeah. And we found it in the first month we were searching. Dude, and you, how much of that comes down to knowing exactly and, and helping to cultivate that by building those relationships and building all of that. And it's again, reticular activated system on, on uh, overdrive right? You're looking for those opportunities and you guys had a good wherewithal of having a solid vision by the sounds of it and a solid, clear understanding of what you're looking for. Of course, Our vision is 50 years. Our vision is 50 years. Who puts together a 50 year business plan? Like nobody, right? You know, it's called a legacy brother. <laughs> exactly. But like vision my question, is a legacy. No, yeah. but my question is, is how much vision are you writing? That's other people. You know, my favorite thing oh, one of my yeah. mentors ever said, mm. how many of us are living other people's injected values? Dude. Yeah. All day, most of us. And that's one of the biggest things that I'm here to dispel. It's like, yo, guy, if you want, like, here's the thing we say in rock and roll, man. This is a, you're never as good as they say you are. You're never as bad as they say you are. So you're going to piss people off until you have haters. If Have you made it? Really? Right? And binary language and negations acknowledged, that thing could be unlifted. And it still holds true. It really does. Mm-hmm. You're going to make some decisions that are going to piss people off. And I have a big belief that if you've got people around you, they're going to do two things. One of two things. They're going to grab your coattails, okay, for, for either catching mm-hmm. a ride to the next level or to pull you down and keep you on theirs. Either way, fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. So think of life especially if you're somebody that carries as much energy as I do, I'm like a rocket. Right. And, and I still haven't been able to answer this question. I still haven't been able to answer it because I don't, I think it's for me, it's both. Sometimes Mm -hmm. my buddy said, are you the rocket ship? Are you the driver of the rocket ship? Right. And, and like, the thing is, is like, I've got around a lot of the people, especially when I started my career that wanted to feed off of what they saw in me. And it wasn't until I was removed from the situation, I didn't realize how much energy they were sucking off of me. Yeah. And it's like, everybody we have now is like holding their own pail. They're doing their own thing. They're in their silos and and crushing what they do. And they're supporting the vision the same. And, and guess what? All the right people are showing up at all the right times. And it's like, when you get good, when you get going like that, it's like, I, I, I'm interested because you know, I'll probably send it to him so we can feel really good about himself. But, you know, Mike from, from Freedom Builders is just, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to put into words how great of a human that man is. Like, and yeah. I don't even know him that well, right? And so I think a lot about like everybody in the same vision, rowing the same together and you come on board. Like it must feel like that to you 
and oh. freedom builders how you feel like you have this you're just on this fucking rocket ship dude yeah and that you said it perfectly it's like when everybody gets into the arena and is on the same team he is an incredible quarterback and i can run my plays i'm a wide receiver i know where i'm going i'm going to go out i'm going to make the play and i'm going to get back in there before you finish that statement though it takes yeah. a good quarterback to understand that the wide receiver might be Michael Irvin and getting a little cocaine trouble. I'm not saying you will. I'm not saying you will, but you get the metaphor, right? Like absolutely. Like, yeah. You know, no, they've yeah. they've got the scout, the scouts, the talent is is out there. He can spot talent. And it's really cool to to echo the fact that yeah, it does feel really cool to be a part of a rocket ship because it's 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 a great feeling, especially with me being words of affirmation as one of my my primary love languages, is great to feel and be noticed as the king that I am um, by other kings in, in the business mm -hmm. to be able to be a big part of taking that rocket ship to the fucking moon. Right. And that, and further the team that we have at freedom builders, man is going to absolutely, it already has. And it's going to continue to change the game of online coaching and hybrid coaching models. You've got a dream cast that's, brought i'm sure you can see it we've mm -hmm. we've taken the entertainment industry and applied it to coaching now is that revolutionary on its own yeah when you look at it mike okay it's applying different practices from a separate industry into another one why is that so key is because it's never been done before so it can blow up much like it did like look at the way the music industry blew up mm -hmm. because of 360 deals because of label support because of having a whole team around shuffling people around uh like like talent right and if we can get exposure and get the right eyes on the prize through a creative way in the coaching industry where it used to be you know like we were talking about country and westerns this way and this is the only way we've done it because this is the only way it works and it's the only way we're going to look well if you're only looking left you're never going to see anything right Right. So the way we're coming in and changing the game is by providing these new insights and these new strategies to outreach and these new strategies. And a large part of that is having the foresight to know that we're onto something and whatever I did or whatever the team member is doing, we're all legends in our own in our own field. And when you put a bunch of them together, you got a dream team, all-star lineup that'll help blow the top off of everybody else that comes through that program. One of my favorite uh, quotes that I think to every day that I say to myself is like, is your vision big enough to put others inside of it? And at the end of the day, like, you know, it's funny. I was sitting with the owner Thursday in, in Northern Pennsylvania and, you know, I told him flat out, I told him and the new CEO, I said, look, I don't need to do this shit. I said, this shit's hard. I was like, I'm buying, you know, three companies in the next six months. Like there's 70 employees. Like I don't live there. Like it's, this is not like some cakewalk. I said, but this is my calling. And, and, and I deserve, you deserve somebody that cares as much as I do. Right. And, and, you, and like the, the new CEO is like reading, listening to my podcast. He's like texting me every five minutes. He's like, I'm ready. Dude, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And it's so nice to like, know that like you, and I'm moving up there. Like, that's how dedicated I am. Like, I'm moving up there. Like, I, trust me, three months ago, I did not think I'd be in Pennsylvania. Like, it's actually pretty gorgeous up there. And so, like, I'm going to be there and it'd be fine. But it's like, we realized, like, in that moment, like, okay, so one of the things that are really, they're having a trouble with in the trades, in the HVAC, electricity, they can't find people. 
that that profession went out with the older guys, right? They, mm. Everybody wants to be in tech. They want a podcast. They want all this shit, right? Okay. Mm. Well, let me let you in on a little secret. If you had to fucking guess, how much do you think techs in Pittsburgh are making per hour? By the way, this is only a nine-week school. You can get it done in nine weeks. And you have a certification. Tech? They're, 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 even, they're, they're an HVAC a tech. They're an HVAC tech. Yeah. That's all they are. Nine-week uh, school. 30, 35. 45 to 70 bucks an hour. That's it. Okay. They're crushing. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> like, you're working some job 10%. And so we said, okay, fine. So the, the owners can't find the people. What do we do? Okay. So what does Austin do? He picks up the phone. I call every tech school in the Pittsburgh area. And I said, who wants mm. to talk to me? I'm ready to speak at the event. And I'll bring a home fame baseball player with me. And they're like, yeah. seriously? And I'm like, yeah. And so now we're going to go to the tech. And we're going to provide business mentorship and we're going to provide mindset shit. And we're going to give them money for charities and we're going to put scholarships. Well, why are you doing that? Because I want to fix the problem that's hampering the business because everybody's telling me you can triple the business. Well, let me go fix the problem at the front end. And then I have a new mission in life. It's very simple. I don't care what we do in revenue. I don't care where we are. I want to win the award for best place to work. That's what I decided Friday. If you win that award, everything else takes care of itself. Talk about vision and umbrellas of, of making sure other people are included, right? Well, I mean, think about that. We, How much do we focus on revenue as a business? If you focused on the best place to work award, I would imagine that you'd be highly oh, you, successful. Your revenue will just follow. It's, it's a, a rule of numbers. You put, that's the thing where I think a lot of businesses uh, get it wrong is that they focus customer first, customer first, customer first. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. And if you focused employee first, your customer is going to be first mm-hmm. because uh, your employee well, is going to reflect it. So do you know who I love that, you know, sports too. See, now I'm finding out so much stuff here. You know, Mike, uh, uh, no, the head coach of the Spurs. Uh, what's his name? God, why am I John Blake? I can't. I can't uh, think of a. I. I do know who you're talking about. I cannot think of the name right now. Yeah, he's the. He's the Hall of Famer. I, for whatever it's. Yeah. it's it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Uh, so he used to come into the restaurant all the time. He used to wait on them. Yeah. And my my boss uh, used to come up to me all the time and go, "Hey, you know, the Spurs. I'd be waiting on the Spurs, and he'd be like, oh, he's he's to get VIP treatment.' And I'm like, "No, it's my ass." And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "If it was the plumber of the hotel, he would get VIP service." Everybody gets VIP service. It don't, it's not status, no life. You know what's interesting? I've interviewed 500 plus people. I've interviewed billionaires and people and millionaires. And you, you know what's interesting in life? Mm. They've lost money. They've made money. Do you want to know the number one thing that scares them the most they were losing? Mm. Their status in the community. Interesting. Their status in the community, right? Yeah. And so the question is, if you treat everybody as if they have VIP status, well, then you're not losing anything, right? No, we're, exactly. We, we live in this world where labels, right? We talked to a girl yesterday. Well, I have a personality disorder. No, you don't. Doesn't exist. Yeah. Doesn't exist. That's a scientific term. Your childhood was atrocious. And I feel really bad about what happened to you. Mm-hmm. But you don't have a personality disorder. No. You have, I handed her a book and she goes, that book changed my life. And I go, yeah, because now you know how your mind works. And it's like, I, you know, I see you tapping into this new vein of like, okay, what's the thing that people really like? They love music. Okay. Well, how do I infuse positive thinking and mindset training 
in something that they're already doing. So now you're just in their daily kind of groove. Sonic branding, my man. Imagine a movie without, uh, without a, uh, a soundtrack. Those are, those are good. Hey, (laughs) billions. My favorite show. The, one of the reasons I love it is because it has a fucking killer soundtrack. Yeah, dude. When I was a kid, man, I was like, I played some, I played some, me some mean old PlayStation. Even before then, I was all over the, uh, the desktop NHL 99, NHL 98, whatever it was. Right. And, um, the most fun was like building the dynasty and the background music. Like, I was like, oh man, this music is getting me pumped to go like win the Stanley cup or like in FIFA. I think the FIFA series was one of the best discovering, uh, music it was like the the earliest version of youtube dude, it was dude, like I, learned, I discovered all i my learned all my music from madden bro yeah 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 i know yeah madden and uh yeah um yeah the madden series was great had a lot of cool hip-hop coming through and a lot of cool like the the tony hawk series was great for like the pump punk stuff which brought light to like the old school music like it was giving kids uh, uh a sharper look at music history by accident because there were all these like old punk labels, like these rancid songs that, and uh, and old school, like the clash was on there. I was like, what is this? This is wild. Right. And you'd get these, uh, these great tracks and it made life more applicable. It put like a personality on that moment in life. Like I could go back and tell you exactly where I was when I heard song X. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm it ties so much to our memory. So when we talk about like what you just said, like trauma, what music is playing and how can it possibly help to release? And that's where I really specialize with my music production is in frequency because the chakras, the way our body holds energy in different energy systems, our traumas are also associated with those those spots. We do it in four-stepping. When we're in a lifted method, we go right into, okay, where do you feel it? Oh, my chest. Okay, sweet. So for me, in my sessions, I just go cue the 639, unlock the heart, and people literally open themselves back up. The music does it all, right? So passively, we can get much more out of uh, releasing that trauma, releasing that pain, and getting into the nuts and bolts of like, okay, now I can now I can clear that shit out. Now I can decide, because that's the greatest fucking gift we all have to choose another lane and some of us do some of us choose to keep on going down that road until we hit rock bottom five or six times myself included Mm -hmm. and man like if we if we can have more strategies to just help get people there faster such as sonic meditation and stories and breath holy fuck right like we can do a lot of things. And then that's where those visions come into play where people realize, Oh shit, I had this dream. I can do this now. Oh man, I can, I can really do this. And they start getting a little win, little win, little win, little win. And you're just a facilitator there by helping people, you know, the, the guide, the, the lighthouse, whatever you want to call it. You're, you're helping people get to the, the root of their own shit, which is a fantastic way. When we're talking business, that's how we get to that next level. Right. So why do you think, and this is the game that I play, and probably one of the only arguments I have with, well, many arguments, but one of the main arguments I have with my fiance, is she's mm-hmm. super spiritual. And I have to toe the line 
where I don't want to freak them out, especially a lot of my guys are millionaires and they're, they're pretty straight laced and, and stuff. And some of them are a little more spiritual and I try to sprinkle it in. Yeah. You know, why do you think, why do you think that we as, you know, I, it's definitely more acceptable now than ever, right. To meditate, breath work, you know, cold plunges, like it's definitely becoming hot and heavy and you're, mm. you're seeing a lot of like top notch entrepreneurs get off the alcohol slide over to weed or slide over to mushrooms, right? You're definitely seeing the the trends change. Why do you think um, such people have such a problem with opening themselves up to a different way of doing something? That's a fantastic question. I, I'm going to preface this with that's on them and a lot of folks that are in those positions got there because of those truths that they've been living. So anything that challenges that truth could therefore challenge their entire fucking identity. And I think, take out the think, that's the majority is their identity was built on this. So when something comes in and taps at it, it says, hey, there's another way over here. That truth now shakes their whole identity. And that can be very, very um, alarming for somebody in such a power position. You just, you just melted my skull. So look, the number one thing that people don't understand, because I help people get sober sometimes, uh-huh. is quitting drinking is not the fucking problem. You have to rebuild your entire identity because you're, identity. you know yourself as a drinker. Like identity, that's not, the drinking is not the hard part. I put that thing down pretty easy, but then I was lost like a, like, like on a, you know, in a, in a you know, I said, you, you know, that, that movie perfect storm. Yeah. That was me when I'm trying to like in the midst of getting divorced in the midst of losing my job and trying to rebuild that. I was a guy who drank every day. That's the fucking hard thing. It's really identity. Dude, I, when I was full-time strength and conditioning, I do, it's, it's part of the coaching method. It's definitely since COVID came in, I lost the, the passion for, for strength and conditioning through Zoom, of course, right? Um, so I do have very few and far between right now. Um, when I was going full tilt, I was also competing uh, to, to be a part of either the German national team or the Canadian national team speed, tra- uh, speed skate, right? Uh, long track speed skate. And I held on to that identity that I was a speed skater. And guess what that did when it came time? Like quick, quick uh, overview. I had open heart surgery when I was five months old. So for me, my heart is, is flipped around. So anything high performance, you know, the cardiology is like, yo, bro chill the fuck out and i'm going like nah man if the doctors didn't tell me i had a problem i would have never known right and again it comes down to that oh I have a personality disorder fuck that you do you have a you have a disorder of your your belief system that's that's what your belief system is in disorder so for me i just kept on going and part of the reason i wanted to be a long track speed skater is because i wanted to prove all the fucking medical world like yeah fuck that shit i can i can do what i want <laughs> i do what i want i play how i play i play for keeps so I'm going through training, training, training. I get this opportunity to just go skate out in Insel, Germany. And uh, I make development team for International Speed Skating uh, Academy, right? In uh, the Kia International Speed Skating Academy. It's great. Little town on the border of uh, Southern Germany and Austria. Great. Awesome. I come back to get all my medical 
papers in line from Canada to make sure I'm cleared medically and every I do all my final tests and I'm getting ready to board the the, the plane. I'm, I'm ready to purchase a ticket to get back to, to Germany. And cardiology goes, yeah, you did great. This is all awesome. And then more likely they said, but uh, we saw something on your MRI that's uh, concerning you to come in and uh, and have a chat with cardiology. Okay, cool. Well, what's going on? Doc finds the, the, the wall of my atrium on my right side. My atrial wall is, is a millimeter thick than it was two years ago, which is significant in the heart. And especially when we're talking about a, a complications of the heart, having thicker walls because it's a muscle sounds really good on paper. And it makes the valve quite a bit smaller with a, with a whole millimeter. So that puts a lot more hypertension into the heart, which is concerning for a dude uh of of my heart condition according to cardiology because they only you know if it quacks like a duck it must be a duck that's they only have one philosophy with, with cardiology i was high risk already this is a bad news they're not going to give me medical clearance so i was listen to this forced into retirement mm. as a retired speed skater and I identified myself as a speed skater. Do you know what that did to my entire identity? I was a speed skater. What the fuck? Dude, I was going to go live in Germany and train. I was weeks away from doing that. And my whole world got flipped upside down. Not because of the heart. Not because of the car. Well, in my head, because of the cardiology. Because I associated myself with one thing and one thing only. When that was torn away from me, my ident identity went to smithereens, man. I was crumbled. I was a mess. I went into depression. I was absolutely lost with this. That was my life. So much like an alcoholic, I had to rebuild that entire identity based off of like the groundwork of the habits of like training for fun again. That was the hardest thing. That's still challenging. It's still challenging to get into uh, training because I associate it with like there's a competition and this is my job. I was training 32 fucking hours a week, man. It was a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And anybody who's looked at a speed skater knows what that thing's like. And dude, it's <laughs> that was just the start. Never mind the relationships that I had to build back up because I was so like dedicated to the craft that I let a large part of all my any no chance of an intimate relationship during that time in my life um and my my family my friends everything like that was identity like I was a speed skater I wasn't a brother fuck that I wasn't I certainly wasn't a friend I had to build that all back and learn again what it meant to be those parts of me right because i had put them aside into the shadow while i solely identified as a speed skater now if i ever do it again because i can identify the story and identify my own identity i would be mike that happens to enjoy speed skating mm -hmm. i would be mike that happens to i would be a human being that happens to enjoy all these other things that way it, when when they'd leave or if i choose to go another route i'm not hampered by that identity you know what i mean yeah, and it's just as bad on the other side. I I identified myself as an alcoholic, then I got sober, and then I identified myself as somebody who talks shit on people that drink alcohol. <laughs> it's like, hey, you should tell, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't understand what you're doing. It's bad for you. And my coach was like, who the fuck are you? He's like, shut up, dude. 
And yeah. then I realized I kept my mouth shut. I kept my mouth shut. And uh, I was sober for like eight months or something like that. And I had three guys reach out to me in the same week. Uh, one was a guy that I used to work with in the music business in the band. And he was like, hey, you, we haven't talked, but he's like, just so you're clear, I'm six months sober because of you. Because I said, if that dumbass could do it, he's like, I know I could do it. And it, it, it hit me. <laughs> it hit me when it said, okay, so me living my best life, just doing my thing is actually what gets people to change. Not, not, cause I'm a huge, uh, I, I call myself a poker of advice. Yeah. You know, you should totally do that. You should totally do that. You know, and it's very annoying. And so I don't do that anymore. And one of the reasons, not one, not one of the reasons, not many of the reasons, but one of the reasons I got divorced was I wanted to be her coach, her cheerleader and all this shit. And I promised myself when I got in my next relationship, I wouldn't do that because a, a couple, let's just use a couple, for instance, they have to stand on their own identities and then there's an identity together. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that to me is a powerful, and that's the same in business. The way you described Mike's business is like, everybody has their own expertise that they own and vice versa. And lifted is a brand but inside the unlifted, there's all pe people that do different things and they own their brand, right? Like yeah, that's dude. that's the game, that's, right? That's the beauty that we're all a bunch of fucking X-Men, right? Like <laughs> we all have yeah. this like persona, this care, uh, charismatic way about carrying out our own individual business. And to, to echo that, the point that you made, man, I did that too. The poker, I had, I had all the answers, man. And especially with the people close to me, mom, dad, brother, sister, they'd have a question. I'd be like, yo, have you read transcend? You got to read transcend mom, read this. It'll answer all the questions. I throw it in her face. And then two weeks later, she'd be coming to me and she'd go, she complained about the same goddamn thing. Two weeks ago, I was like, mom, did you read transcend? Remember that time I told you to read transcend? It'll answer all your answers. Right. And I went, oh, and then it was brought to me by a mutual friend of ours, Ryan Walla. Instead of attaching yourself to this by saying, go read this. Now you've attached yourself to the outcome. If they don't do it, you are now personally affected. Invite people. Hey, mom, sounds interesting. I invite you to read this book. Let me know what you think. Now yeah. I've set that out there. The intent is out there and it's away from me. I don't have to do anything. I'm not attached mm -hmm. to mom reading it or not. If she does, great. If she doesn't, cool. I invited her. One word, man. I invite yeah. you. Dude, I'm telling you right now, between Chase and what's happened to me in the last like nine months, I realized that in my first years of coaching, I tied so much of my attachment to my client's success. And if they were doing good, then I was doing good. And here's my new rule. I'm available. I'm available. The tank has more gas than anybody you could ever meet in your entire life. I will fucking fly to you. I'll ring you around the neck. I'll fucking ring you to the gym at 5 a.m. I'll tell you why your business is fucking up. I'll do all those things. But that's all I can do. Yeah. If you want to show up, and you want to meet me halfway, then we can do work. Mm. But Alex Hermosi said the greatest thing in the world. The longer the person is far away from the solution, they will have believed that they made the solution themselves. And what he's saying is the longer that you ask for a referral in your business or your coach or whatever you are, the farther they get away from it, they go, oh, I'm so much smarter now. I could have figured that out myself. I didn't need the coach. Yeah. Or I didn't need the business. And so 
what I've had to remind myself over and over again is no matter what's happened with certain clients or certain businesses is that my overall vision and why is to impact as many people as I can. I can't control when that message hits you if it's seven years from now, yeah. but it's in there somewhere. I've, I've affected you. It's like a virus. This, you can't, let me tell you something right now. Here's what I do know. Cause I know the Enlifted guys. There's probably, I don't know how many they're over there. You cannot be a toxic person and hate yourself and show up at the Enlifted house. <laughs> you, you, you would be so uncomfortable that you would just like literally like have to run away overnight. You would disappear. Right. It wouldn't work. Right. And so my, my thought is, is that if you're really surrounded by the people that you should be. It's a matter of time before of time. you, man, that, we got to clip that and post that everywhere because that is so true. You environment plays a big role of the, the victim mentality. If you're surrounded by a bunch of fucking victims, expect to be a victim yourself. Cause you're going to collaborate on all the things that are going wrong in your life and how everybody else is the fault of it. Right. If you come into a place like this, I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care if I've met you. I don't care. I immediately trust you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the, it's it's unspoken truth. It's sitting here going like you have done the work in your world to be able to come in here and be good with being cool mm-hmm. and just taking it all in and understanding there's a place for you and understanding that you don't have to perform. You don't have to be anybody but you. And as soon as you do that, doors open up down corridors in the castle of life. You didn't even know fucking existed. Right. Because you get these opportunities because you start to like the most interesting people are the ones that are the most interested. Right. So, again, like perfect example. I'm sure you saw this at Austin in in that whole. None of us really had uh, many, many of us, let's say, had met aside from online. No. No, and no. I mean, was, I would, yeah, probably 70%, maybe more. Those, had not those met walls, man. And the interesting pieces are like 30 some coaches. The rest of it, like 60% people. of the people that were there were people that were new to the method. The people that had been brought by coaches, people that had been encouraged in there. And they, everybody looked like this, man. There was no, like, you couldn't really tell who was a coach or who wasn't because we all get yeah, there was on, no, on the there was same. No pe- there was no pedestals. No, no, exactly. No pecking order, no nothing, no hierarchy or anything. Everybody was here. Inside of those four walls was safe and trust. And oh man, was it electric, right? And when you get yourself around people that are doing good shit and telling the world, you're going to see it's only a matter of time before your good shit is getting out into the world. Well, you know, they say this all the time. What's the difference between college football and, and NFL football? Speed, right? Well, anybody that joins my crew in business and they're like, I've ne- like, th- like the speed is intoxicating. They're like, literally, you're like, found a business, put an offer in an hour later. Like, who does that? Or you hire, you know, like I left the meeting and before we got home for an hour, I hired three people. And like the former owner's like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And I'm like, well, this is, you said it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Here I am. Let's fix it. And, yeah. and so here's what, here's what happens. Right. And I've seen this happen twice this year is people get in our environment and they just, they just can't like, it's almost like the speed is like, uh, like, and, 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 and what, well, here's the thing. I'm not asking you to catch up to our speed. I'm asking you 
that I, you're here for a reason because I trust you. And if I can't trust you, right, this is my number one rule in business. If I can't drop something off or send an email and send it off to a team member or somebody that works for me, and I can't, and I have to overlook it and see it and micromanage the decision, I'm done. I can't. There has to be a level of trust there because, but here's what this great business guy I follow. He said, first you delegate your hands, then you delegate your decisions. And so our vision and our values are so stern. And what we believe in is people over profits, impact over everything, consistency over everything. That that person, whether I'm in that meeting or not, I know they're going to speak as if I'm there. That's the only way you fucking scale. Like if you can literally say, well, how would Austin say this? And then like say it in that exact, that's when you know shit's getting crazy. Like that's when you're fun because like everybody's speaking the same language. That's just it, man. You get everybody on the same page. You you rock and roll, literally rock and roll, man. That's that's the name of the game in the music industry. Is that you get a band that's so tight. You look at when I'm when I'm doing live production with a band, and that's essentially the the same role that I take with a, a podcast host or somebody who wants to learn how to be mm-hmm. a better podcast guest. Is mm-hmm. look at your show. How many times have you ever say, "Hey, I heard a great concert." No. I went to, or I saw a great show or, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. because there's this visual aspect. And now here's the thing. If you've got four band members up there, just using the standard four piece rock and roll band and they're all gelling together and they're having a great time and they're singing harmonies, looking at each other in the mics, the visual cues signify they're having a good time. That signifies that all parts are in in motion in that unit as a collective, right? Just like you with a business. If you've got your you've got your accountant that you know you can count on to literally, no pun intended, count on to get the numbers done every month, get you all of your uh, uh, stats for the next month so you can move forward with that, and then you can trust that your sales team is going to do their thing, and then you can trust that your uh, HR or whatever all your other parts are, they're all doing their parts and you can sit there. You now give yourself that parasympathetic space to be able to create the brand, the vision, the, as a business owner, you can do your stuff. So when you put people into the right places by first removing, uh, uh, or by, by per- first delegating the hands so that all the action steps can be taken, you're giving yourself more freedom. To, to make those bigger decisions, to build that thing, to be even, even bigger and better uh, all on its own. Like that sounds like a flawless way to run a business. I love, it. I love that. So, so you also, you know, among the many other things you, you launched kind of, why don't you tell the people what you launched and uh, what you're doing for people, anybody that's interested in starting a podcast? Yeah, man. I mean, appreciate it. It's, um, it's interesting. I first approached Mike Gonzalez, um, with an idea of the sonic branding, like we touched on, right? Okay, cool. Every coach, I think every coach could use audio business cards, you know, a song, a guided meditation, a piece of like, if you listen to Chase's album, if you find Chase Tolson on Spotify, if you guys are listening, we'll make sure that's in, in notes. And, and, uh, I want, I want these messages from coaches to be out there. And Mike looks at me like I have three heads. Yeah. You have to educate people on that. They don't know that's a problem. I'm like, okay, fuck. Well, shit (laughs) thanks for crushing my dreams and he's like no man like every coach wants a podcast though i'm like oh 
You're right. And sometimes this is for listeners. Sometimes you're so fucking close to your magic that you don't even see that it's magic because you've been doing it for so effing long. Mm-hmm. And that was the case of like when Chase brought it to my attention, dude, your your podcasts are incredible. Your audio skills are next level. You can put things out like this. You got to teach coaches how to do this. So I came up with the framework right then and there with what is now known as the pro podcast playbook. Teaching coaches over course of uh, 12 weeks, independent study, as well as uh, assisted coaching sessions like me, like I said, like you said, man, to borrow your words, I am available, right, for one-on-ones and for our group calls to take people from no pod to pro pod in 90 days. What does that mean? Well, you're going to learn the P, performance. You're going to understand how to charismatically get your message out there. And that starts with identifying identity what we talked about earlier today is identifying okay cool who am i how can i make my mess my message okay then we move into the actual recording process most coaches like i saw two lanes coaches that were doing podcasts self-produced had great content and terrible audio or great audio and no real direction on where the show was going it was really jumbled so i wanted to fill that gap and teach proper quality performance skills from my 20 some years in the entertainment industry as a host as an entertainer as a as a musician as a live producer combine that with the actual audio skills to make sure that message gets out there to a top level so that we have quality audio because the worst thing is like there's two million podcasts out there and half of them blow right because you just can't listen to them harsh audio it's a non-enjoyable process so we teach the, the recording. And then the most important part, the optimization thing. Everybody makes this big to-do about podcasting being, ah, it's just too much time I can't invest in. Um, okay, cool. That's because you're trying to create content, not document the shit that you're already doing. So if we document and learn different strategies to get your talent on and monetize from our podcast, such as putting your program in as commercials to different podcasters, setting up subscription-based models, building a street team to help push your message. All of these things are going to help you brand and passively generate income. And you're just doing it. It's just a matter of putting Mm -hmm. systems in place to uh, make that thing come to life. So after 12 weeks, you can literally go from no pod to pro pod in 90 days, specifically geared towards coaches. Cause I speak, I'm bilingual, man. I'm a musician and I'm a coach. I speak both languages. So we want to get that message out there in a cohesive manner that works on the coach's schedule. You know, the ability to be free, the ability to work from home, if they need to, the ability to get creative and really help inspire creativity and your identity coming through and shining through as a personality you are. I love it, man. So much there. Yeah, if dude. people want to find out about you, they want to follow your journey. How would they do that? Homie, today, date of recording is actually our first day on wait list for our fall intake. So you can head to propodcastplaybook.com slash wait list and you'll get up on there. I'm going to give you the, uh, uh, I call it the BAM, the bare ass minimum of audio gear. A lot of folks don't know where to start, right? We don't know what headphones we need. We don't even need, know we need headphones sometimes. We don't know what mic we need. All the setup is 
built for you. So I, I send you out right as a gift of, of just uh, onboarding in and, and learning a little more about what the wait list is. We have a great offer. You save a grand off the actual cost. So if you can get in on the wait list, you'll save yourself a grand. Um, my next date, the fall classes start November 3rd. So I trust this will be out uh, sometime before then. So if you're listening, head over to propodcastplaybook.com slash waitlist or find me on uh, on the gram is where I mostly hide out. Mike the Schwartz, all one word. And I love it, uh, man. make sure that's in the notes, dude. Well, guys, hope y'all got some value from this episode. Send it to a friend and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.